0: Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 77, presented by Optimex Sports. I am your guest host and executive producer, David Herman, joined by Stephen Glick and Aiden Collins, as we bring you all the latest news from the ACHA and the CHF. Murph is going to be out tonight. He's got a lot of schoolwork, and he is prepping for a rare Thursday night game this week versus Oswego. Fitz was a game-time decision and was unable to make it. Notably, he made his SPHL debut this weekend in an 8-4 to four win over the Vermilion County Bobcats. The team that he got his initial SPHL tryout with in looking for the final score, we might have to recommend Optimax to the Birmingham Bulls because yikes on their website, kind of a, a tough look going over there. Collins, you want to talk about what's going on with Nova hockey right now? Yeah, it's been a little
1: bit of a roller coaster the past couple of days. We're keeping the the win streak alive, 6-0 right now, and hopefully we can keep that up in Buffalo. Last Wednesday, I woke up and saw our Instagram was disabled. Because apparently Instagram thinks that we are impersonating the actual hockey team at Villanova. I would love to know where this other team is, according to Instagram. So, you know, that that would be a big shock if there was one and the school is just kind of hiding it from us. Hopefully we haven't been destroying your Twitter feed to anybody who follows it. Because we have been tweeting about this a lot. We've sent multiple requests to Instagram to try and get it back. But one of the things I have been doing is uh, creating the, uh, the journal of a, of a social media manager. So we're going to read a couple of them here in dramatic fashion to give you a really good idea of what I'm going through here. From the journal of the social media manager. Day one without an Instagram. It feels like I've lost a piece of my soul. Like it's been ripped straight from my heart. However, I'm managing to make it through the day. Hopefully my mental state will stay strong. Day four without an Instagram. The winds are helping, but I'm slowly starting to slip into madness. I have this feeling that Mark Zuckerberg is constantly following me, lurking in the shadows. And then today's. Day six without an Instagram. Instagram, why won't you answer my calls? I thought we were supposed to be together. I even tried calling your parents, and even they won't answer me. I miss you, baby. Broken heart emoji. Hashtag free Nova hockey.
0: As as a fellow social media manager, just an absolute joy and treat to to read through your pain and (laughs) suffering right now. (laughs) Amazingly enough, you are not the only social media manager across the ACHA dealing with this. I know Kent State recently encountered a similar issue on their Instagram. And in my group chat with Jess Butterly and Morgan Samansky, I found out for the second consecutive season, the Bobcat Facebook page has been deactivated and the appeal was instantly denied. So we don't know if there's some shenanigans going from a rival team potentially reporting it for impersonation, but I know that nothing fishy is going on over there and Meta just might might be having some problems. Glick, tell us about your weekend.
2: Yeah, it was a great weekend. The boys went down south to play George Mason and navy on saturday friday we play george mason what i'm going to call the battle of the tiktok goalies george mason's goalie rusty the Civ. he's pretty well known on tiktok and instagram i faced him in that match, um, I think I had the better result, had a 43-save shutout. We won 4 nothing. And then the next day, I was looking forward to just enjoying a nice game against Navy hockey on the bench. About seven minutes in, my goalie partner, Joe Golitsky, gets ran into, waves to the bench, and all of a sudden, I'm in. Didn't quite get the result I was hoping for, but overall, I think it was a very great weekend for the Ice Owls. Just excited for this upcoming weekend because we're going up to Buffalo for the Buffalo shootout.
0: If you are not familiar with... Glick's TikTok opponent. Uh, You might remember his exceptional rebound control where he takes a shot off his pads and then kind of just like cat-like pounces on it. I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok, Reels, Chicklets, wherever you get your hockey content. For me, I made the road trip up to Cuse this weekend. We're going to discuss that a little bit later on in the podcast, but we're rocking and rolling here in Utica. Luckily, the lights did not go out last week. We've got Cleveland, Toronto this weekend. The Monsters back again and the Marlies, and my mom is coming to town to see her first two Comets game which should be wonderful. While we're on the comments, talk, just a shout out to Zach Seneshin, if he happens to be listening. Former first-round draft pick for the Boston Bruins and is just the absolute best and has a huge, huge smile every single time I see him on at practice. Just an absolute treat to, to work with and photograph. The lead this week, you marry just absolutely Absolutely refuses to lose to D2 teams on home ice. As I predicted last week and a couple of the guys predicted last week, the Marauders swept Lindenwood and add an overtime win over Utah State. Make that 33 wins in a row for you, Marriott, home, bumping their record to 74-1. O and O, all-time at home versus ACHA men's two opponents, which is just a staggering figure. I think we're all really, really excited to see what they can do at the M1 level. Wednesday, come and gone, which means that another edition of the rankings came out. This was week three. Top 10 was kind of like watching paint dry. Nothing really happened this week. Uh, Neither Minot State or UNLV played, but Minot got the sole possession of the number one spot, remedying the tie that our fan on Facebook was ever so passionate about. Uh, There was a little bit of shuffling, though, from the 15 to 25 spots. Uh, Calvin and GVSU jumped three spots. And Colorado and Colorado State joined the rankings this week. Villanova, 6-0-0, is left hanging as the only undefeated team outside the top 25. It begs the question, did a lack of presence on Instagram play a role in the coaches poll this week? Collins, we turn it over to you for more on that.
1: From what I've heard from our coaches, this has has nothing to do with the fact that we're outside of the rankings. We're not super bothered about it. He told me that the way the rankings work a lot of the coaches at least on his end he's not like super like looking into like what the scores are on but from what I've heard a lot of the the scores and all that stuff people are looking at social media the lack of the Instagram definitely played a factor is it the only factor probably not we played a d2 team in Rowan we're, we're kind of we're, I'm kind of going to get into the whole echa thing that we're going to get to later so I might just save some of my things for that we're a solid team and I feel like we should be included you know we'll We'll let the computer rankings sort it out and see where we end up, because I feel like the computer rankings are, you know, far more representative of the uh, of what the actual rankings are rather than the coaches poll, because that's so determinate on, you know, how much your team is being seen on social media, how much, you know, how much coverage your team is getting on the ACHA website. Like, it's all just word of mouth type stuff. That's that's kind of my point here.
0: Glick, anything for you to add on this? Yeah, I mean, I feel like just
2: having coaches vote on, like, the top 25 teams has a lot of flaws in it. I mean, first of all, I feel like not all the coaches, all, you know, 100 coaches or so in... D1-ACHA are going to take full effort into it. I mean, a lot of them have full-time jobs. They have to worry about the team. I can imagine a lot of coaches kind of put in the same teams as, as they see before, like from the last week. But I feel like a computer, it'll definitely be able to see the whole picture. Maybe not just what, like maybe a coach might see what's going on in their part of the country but a, a computer will be able to see all that aggregated and get a much better view of what the league looks like. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit confused on why they even have a coach's ranking, why they don't just start with computer rankings, but that's just my opinion.
0: To my understanding, it comes down to the sample size of the rankings itself, where the computer isn't able to make the proper determinations off of just like two wins, essentially. So it gives it a little bit of a buffer before they switch over properly. But I can at least say, having been around the ACHA circle for a couple of years now at this point, there definitely feels like there is always a strong narrative shift of who the top teams are the moment the, the coach's poll is wiped out and the computer rankings come in and that number seven team drops down to 21. It is insane how much the conversation seems to change kind of overnight once that change comes into effect. Through the stories, we got a whole bunch of submissions discussing some of the movings and shakings within the rankings. Maryville and Illinois State, ranked respectively at number 9 and number 15, had almost equal votes for both underrated and appropriately rated at their respective spots. A little bit more conversation going on around Liberty. A fan wrote in and said, let me know how 4-3 and Liberty is up on Ohio and Maryville and Indiana Tech. And I saw that and I was like, "That's, that's kind of a hot take in itself. Liberty is one of the toughest strains of schedules in men's one, and there's a case to be made for them being the toughest. They went back to back to back against two top five opponents and a top 15 opponent, Minot State, Adrian, and Niagara. So that four and three record if you're going purely by the numbers might indicate one thing but you got to realize that we're talking about the best of the best in the ACHA here some of the talking points this week speaking of as we mentioned kind of Colorado State earlier jumping into the top 25 Tristan Mestas oh my goodness this man is a certified goalie killer in a six nothing win against Midland he went between his legs put it between the goalies five hole with like 30 seconds to go Gorgeous, gorgeous clip. He takes no prisoners. Moving over to men's three, let's talk about the Saginaw Valley State University Cardinals. In a Hockey House Pod game to watch, they knock off undefeated powerhouse Hope in front of a raucous crowd, hand them their first loss of the season, and just insanity for a team that was ranked, I believe it was number 13 going into men's three nationals last year. The momentum that they have is unreal. We reached out to Bailey Kasaki, who is the SVSU photographer and kind of put me on to what was going on in Saginaw Valley State. I, I ever labeled on our notes as photographer and queen of the photo spotlight, as I jokingly gave her the title, who said, this season has been absolutely unreal so far. The guys make it so easy to love what I do. They've all made me feel so welcomed and appreciated. Our student section, Death Valley, always packs the stands and never fails to fire up the guys. I am so grateful for the opportunity to be Sag Valley Hockey's photographer and will always carry this team in my heart country let's fly love that by the way moving back to the men's one side of things i kind of alluded to it before about my trip up to syracuse murph isn't really here to talk about it so let's discuss his overtime winner and appearance at the top spot on the photo spotlight murph's got ice in his veins honestly. After a third period against the University of Buffalo Bulls that left the Orange kind of feeling and hoping like the game should have been over in regulation, I think we've all sort of been on the bench and experienced that sort of feeling of like, you feel like it's coming, you feel like it's coming, and ultimately it just doesn't materialize within regulation. Cuse went to 3-on-3 overtime at Tennady, and as we mentioned on the last episode, the clock was being replaced, so they went with the 50-inch flat screen up in the press box to make use of the clock. And Sam Schwartz, their PA announcer, audibly for the end of the period, since you couldn't, there was no buzzer sound, gave the old, once the period ended. So time is ticking down. It's getting to the end of the overtime period. We're all kind of focused on the play. Murph falls over to bury the rebound as Sam does the buzzer noise out loud. Kennedy goes absolutely bananas. He pulls off a sweet, sweet selly. which Christian Banks' biggest shout-out goes to him in all of this. A Hope College transfer, met him in St. Louis, fantastic, fantastic individual, is going to be a massive, massive asset to the Syracuse University Athletic Department. Was in picture-perfect position to get Murph just absolutely given it on the celly the really cool thing was that i was on the bench for this and you've kind of got like a double angle look i posted it on my instagram where you can see christian in my angle and on his you can see me all the way across it was just such a phenomenal photo Such an incredible moment for uh, Cuse to rebound and wind up with the overtime
2: win. When I saw what happened, I was really excited for Murph's reenactment or just kind of him explaining it from his point of view. So we're definitely going to have to ask him about it next week.
0: Definitely. As you all hopefully saw in the story, the ranking graphic has a fresh new look. Before we were kind of just going with the screenshot from Twitter, we would quote tweet it from ACHA Men's One and then put it on. I uh, decided in my efforts this season to go for an overall graphic refresh and my big focus on automation with time being short in Utica. I'm going to save you all the nerdy back-end talk. All I have to do is paste in the table from the ACHA article, and it generates me this sweet-looking graphic. Next week, the big thing for me is I didn't want to, on Twitter, wind up tagging, like, 11 to 25, because you'd run out of characters doing it. And now, this is going to give the teams outside of the top 10 a chance to reshare that graphic on their story, too. So, very excited about that. We've been on an ACHA versus NCAA kick as of late chatham unfortunately defeated john carroll university nine to two over the weekend in exhibition play and we can't find the score from that salve regina uh, uri game speaking of men's one action indiana tech heard all the hoopla that we had about aquinas last week in their post game hallway selfies and took matters into their own hands sweeping aquinas with back-to-back eight to three wins there is a reason these guys are top 10 they might not make noise on social but They certainly prove it on the ice. New alternates at the men's two level for Ryder University. Saw former podcast guest JJ Santaganta in the comments hyping up those jerseys. The Bronx are going with a crisp Vegas gold third jersey. Kind of classic college hockey lettering and numbers. And... Who else but Rebirth to manufacture that jersey? We've got Santa Rosa Junior College hosting UC Santa Cruz for Breast Cancer Awareness Night. We're going to talk about one more of those a little bit later on in the podcast. And just to close this off, the Bearcats are back. After a four-year break, the University of Cincinnati is going to be rejoining the Tri-State Collegiate Hockey League, TSCHL, beginning with the 2023 24 season they marked that occasion by doing a sweet sweet campus photo shoot done by emily christie just professional professional photos she submitted to me for the photo spotlight and i took a look at those and i was like no no that's gotta get its own thing so congratulations to the bearcats always cool with the school too getting support from uh media outlets like barstool i know that they've been very active in in promoting uc hockey some stick taps this week dayton oh my goodness, with a huge, huge upset over powerhouse Miami University of Ohio, uh, inter-Ohio rivalry that I don't think anyone saw going Dayton's way with a 4-3 win. Three quick goals in the third period sealed the deal for the Flyers. Fans were literally up on the glass shaking it. It looked like something out of a zoo. It was a sight to behold. Huge, huge win for the Flyers. Little bit of a proud older brother moment here. Alex Herman, goalie extraordinaire over at Adrian, beat the Indiana Tech Warriors 14-2. The Warriors <laughs> skated off of the ice before the handshake line and... In a clip that got sent to our family group chat, Alex kind of skated. So he, he took off his blocker and mock shook their hands. Just an absolute classic clip kiddo put in a hell of a performance this weekend and we're going to be giving him a second proud moment a little bit later on in the show congrats to jeremy i i am so sorry if i butcher this name lockow i believe on hitting the 100 collegiate games mark the purdue northwest grad student accomplished the mark this past weekend against calvin just a little bit of a, a side note stick tap kent state d3 is got to be a dark horse pick at this point for the most entertaining Instagram account that I have found recently. They had a great video that we collabed with them on using a trending TikTok sound, throwing shit at Kevin, their goalie. Loved it. Kenton at the rink, which is one of their guys, going around with like a tiny little mic and asking guys questions, gets me laughing every single time. If this guy does, if this guy does not have a career as like an in-game host or some sort of media personality, he's doing something wrong. Dude could light up a building with the amount of electricity that he brings. I'm going to get some insight from the goalies on the pod on this one. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Joel Hughes, North Carolina. Yeah, Glicks got it up on his phone. Goalie at the University of North Carolina had an absolutely disgusting pad setup. Seeing the behind the scenes process with graphic designer BGLA Design was also really cool. Going from the pencil and paper sketch to reality is not something that you often see from like a, a Dave Art account or something like that i thought that was really cool i'll turn it over to you guys on your thoughts on the. i mean
2: they're just absolutely yucky everything from the color to the custom pattern i mean i love the little kind of monogram of the of the unc logo in the background i mean it's just absolutely gorgeous 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 set of pads i mean i am absolutely jealous if you couldn't tell by my voice but this goalie setup
1: i mean here at villanova we have we have a little bit of beef with uh with unc i'll give it to them that's those those pads were amazing i mean it's hard to beat the uh the light blue diamond pattern like i mean i wish i had a set of pads like that to be honest hopefully one day once the vons are, are all beat up we could uh get some sick custom pads but school better be paying for it I don't have that kind of
0: money. <laughs> the Argyle pattern is just a, just a classic, classic look. I want to dig a little bit further. I got to know about the beef between these two teams. Uh, no, it's, it's not. It's NCAA basketball. Is it NCAA basketball? Is that what it's, we're referring
1: to? It's, yeah, we're talking about basketball. We have no beef with the UNC hockey team, but we're, I'm just talking about basketball.
0: I was like, this seems like such a random beef to have, but that makes sense just given the context of the finals and – Everything that went down there. UMass Amherst faced off against Trine at the Liberty Showcase, uh, men's two action. They were down four to one with three minutes to go in the third period and pulled off the comeback in overtime. Uh, Thomas Milne had a hat trick in the overtime winner. They sent us the clips on ESPN+. Plus. It was electric seeing the Minutemen just go ballistic at LaHaye over a very, very strong trying program. I've always got a soft spot for the Minutemen. If we're going to talk about what ifs, uh, UMass was actually my second choice school. So to think about whether I would have gone with the NCAA team in terms of working with that or gone and managed their socials, crazy to think about. But would I still be running? would we still be doing the hockey house if I had if I had gone to to Massachusetts? I don't know. So, always something to figure out whether I had been wearing a maroon instead of bobcat green. Always for me, a shout out to Will Bramlett, who is a phenomenal photographer as we continue to talk about Ohio. He busted out the net cam for the first time in Maryville in their series against the Bobcats. Be sure to drop a follow for him at YBrammer on Instagram. He's covering everything St. Louis sports and. Just does a phenomenal job covering all levels of Maryville hockey. A couple of guys calling their shots this week. Some quotes that we reached out to, similar to what we got from Bailey. This one from Asher Motu, friend of the podcast, guest of the podcast, goaltender at DePaul, who is 11-0, if y'all haven't noticed. They are thrashing teams left and right, both at the men's two and men's one level. I asked him about his comments on the hot start to the season for DePaul. He said, individually came into this season with one goal in mind make this team legit. May have taken three years, but the pieces are finally coming into place. We are a really deep and close team, and we've been working at this for a while. We got Kids with huge chips on their shoulders for not making it to that NCAA title. We are just going to keep grinding here. See everyone in Boston. DePaul is a force to be reckoned with at the men's two level right now. Took no prisoners against Northern Illinois. Just continue to run rough shots. So we hope to see them at Marlboro for sure. We're going to start off with Oregon and we'll end the Call Your Shots with Oregon. First with Nathan Hannon, uh, who says, With a one-goal loss over ASU and a sweep over Boulder... UO should be ranked. UO is a hockey school. And if you guys didn't see the crowds that they're getting right now, man, it is super exciting to see them make the jump to the men's one level. I think they're going to be a force out West. I don't know. I don't know if you can draw early comparisons to to UNLV, a team that came into men's one and has really, really solidified its footing as I mean, are we going to call UNLV a hockey school? I'd like to do so. Maybe, Maybe Oregon's on that path.
1: I'd like to say Nike, Phil Knight, get these guys set up with Nike jerseys. To me, there is nothing better than the 2014 U.S. Olympic hockey jerseys or anything USNTDP. Like, those jerseys are sick. Even uh, Oregon's club lacrosse team, they have uh, Nike shit. They have all STX stuff because STX uh, is owned by Nike. We got to get these guys Nike jerseys. I don't know what we need to do. I mean, that's no slight to Rebirth. Rebirth does such a good job. I mean, when the founder of Nike goes to
0: your school, you just got to have it. You actually beat me to the punch. As you were mentioning Nike, I was like, we we really like Rebirth. (laughs) I think we're cool. We're in agreement that the current Rebirth, not Nike, jerseys are at least top five in the ACHA right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I just think Nike would you know, make things a, a hell of a lot better and also get the Nike pants that the, the USN TDP team gets. That would be that would be even sicker.
0: From Tyler Myers at Liberty, he says Liberty and Stony Brook have the two best goalies in the league right now, and it's not even close. Hunter Verostek and Matt Vykozikov are just on a different level. From personal experience, having watched both of these guys in absolute wars against each other at the rinks for Stony Brook games, I can attest to that. These guys are machines. You you talk about guys coming up with the clutch saves on a consistent basis. It is a treat to watch these two teams play each other. Any comments from the goalies on this one?
1: I haven't I mean I haven't watched them a ton, to be honest. I mean, I'd like to sneak our little five foot seven machine, Dmitry Kaprinov, another Russian goalie, in as well. He has what? God, he has goals against average right now uh and like a 990 save percentage in what four games uh I think he's pretty pretty good I mean these guys are playing against the big boys so um you know it's a little bit of a different comparison but that kid is ridiculous and he's wearing my number right now too so a lot of people think i'm playing and i I have those stats so i'm happy to take that
2: all i gotta say is you can just tell by these guys last names they're great goalies i mean europe just produces the most absurdly talented goaltenders of like in hockey right now so it just makes sense
0: agree Verostek is from Canada, by the way. That's a yeah. hockey name. That's yeah. a hockey name. If it just I've sounds like
2: it. the name of a goalie who knows how to stop a puck really, really well.
0: Yeah. Hunter Verostek is is up there for, for top hockey names for sure. Let's go to Caleb McCabe, who I believe is a high school student in Pittsburgh, uh, who says... Pitt is gonna win the Natties this year. I'm gonna open it up to you guys before I even get my comments on this one. If you had to pick where is Pitt finishing this season as we head into nationals.
1: Are you talking like in like in the tournament or like where they'll finish in the ranking?
0: Let's do let's do both. Let's say ranking and what their finish for the season looks like.
1: OK, they're ranking They're They're going to be in the top 20 or the top 25. Pitt is a very good team. You know, we we were trying to get them on our schedule. It uh, didn't work out next year. I mean, we got a guy on from Pittsburgh on our team uh, who played with uh, with a couple of guys on Pitt. I think it's either one or two. I forget. But th- they're a very good team. And I imagine they will make nationals and they will make I don't know. They'll probably get through at most two rounds I think I don't know who they're gonna lose to but I can imagine I can see them going pretty far I don't see them winning natties especially when you got like UCO Minot Liberty and uh UNLV in the mix there those those are some really good teams and I just don't think Pitt has the legs to get there but please Pitt prove me wrong I would love to see somebody else besides those four teams make it so like super far in in into the national tournament
2: we got a chance to play them last year and they were an incredibly incredibly talented team they're a very good team they're 100 being ranked and i'd say probably in the teens saying around 15 going to nationals and i think they're gonna win the first round pretty easily and then just face one of those top teams in the second round and even though it's gonna be like a really close game i just think they're gonna end up leaving in the second round
0: I think I'm with you guys on them making nationals for sure. I will go with a specific ranking and say 12, and they make it two rounds in. I don't think they're winning natties, but Pitt, I I saw him in St. Louis, and I've seen him as an opponent through the years against Ohio. Their, Their program has consistently, consistently gotten better, and it's great to see. New Thrash Army. Says Oregon versus Victoria next week, which is a Canadian university. You owe three to two in overtime. We're not going to get to our predictions yet, just yet that'll for sure be a Game of the Watch next week, and we need you all to listen to that episode. Always excited to see these exhibition games against the ACHA and the NCAA D3-level Canadian universities just solidifies how solid uh, the ACHA men's one level is being perceived versus, uh, versus the past. We're going to close it out for our Calls to the Shots. From Owen Nichols, and I, I'm so sorry for it, it to come off this way. He says UCF takes the South Division. To to be as candid as possible, this is a very, very bold statement to make with UCF 0-3 in the South and 4-7 on the season. To make matters a little bit worse... UCF has a website they took a full minute to load for me as I was going to look through their schedule and doesn't have a new schedule for the current season, which brings us very, very nicely to our presenting sponsor, Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides the teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. And the best part, your first year is free. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral at OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash HockeyHousePod. Optimex, as you guys know, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, Recently released a new feature, still super excited about it, adding the team store to your site, selling tickets, merchandise, even making payments. Uh, We were having a conversation before the podcast started about funds in the budget for Villanova, and maybe that's something that they're going for to bolster out. I know that there are plenty of teams across the ACHA that would love to be in a position where they wouldn't have to pay dues because they're making enough money off of merch, off of tickets, off of favorable deals to provide a little bit more of a comfortable situation. That brings us to the ACHA Burgers blowout of the week. As last week, I went through pretty tediously all of the divisions and pulled up at least one per. So we're going to start off with men's one. Adrian walloped Oakland 13 to nothing. This was the game that we featured today, or I guess Wednesday, if you're listening to this when this drops on Friday. That game had a huge, huge hit from Nolan Baldrika that we posted. Rattled the boards, uh, added a little golf sound effect to it and man did that guy get crushed. DePaul thumped Lewis University 16 to three like we talked about. They are rolling right now.
2: Now boys, I looked up Lewis University's total admission for this past year and I'm gonna set the line at over under 5,000 students. Do you guys think they have over 5,000 students or under 5,000 students? Both undergraduate and graduate combined.
1: Uh, where where is Lewis University?
2: It is in Romeoville, Illinois.
0: Another Illinois school.
1: What's with these these <laughs> Illinois schools? Um, we're going to say over. We're going to say over.
0: I feel like this is a trick question. We got fooled with uh, Nazarene. I'm taking the over.
2: They're both right. They have a total of 6,183 students.
0: <laughs> let's fucking go let's go we are I so want you, we are so genuinely like i'm so glad that none of you guys have access to the recording because we are so fired up about this arbitrary number just absolute acha geeks you, you love to see it <laughs> um, sticking sticking with men's two action you've got the university of saint thomas beating winona state university click can you can you run it back for us because I couldn't pinpoint this on a map if you paid me 11 to 1. St. Thomas, by the way, is rolling right now. They are undefeated. Let's go to Glick for the line. I actually have to Google their...
2: I honestly only did Lewis University. Let me do them real quick. All right. While my slow computer loads the number, it is in Minnesota.
0: For the record, before you even say anything, I'm taking the under.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my computer... Okay. So the line is at 7,500 students over under. 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 Wrong. 7,602 students. That was a trick one.
0: What a bad beat. I can't believe that's, this. Oh, my God. That is such a bad
1: line. That is an unfair oh my line. Where oh, my God. You have an awful career. If you want to become a, a handicapper, you have such a bad career ahead of you. Or I guess, actually, you know what? You'd, make, you'd probably make a lot of money, but that's not fair.
0: I can't believe this. Moving over to men's three, we've got Texas Tech. Walloping Western Colorado, thirteen to three, and Creighton putting the hurt on Drake, twelve to two. Moving over to women's one. Oh boy, this is the biggest one of the week. Colorado puts up seventeen on Wyoming. Shots were sixty to two. Ouch. Oh boy. To the goalies in the call. I want to know what's running through your head at that point. I mean, Jesus,
2: that's just. That's rough. I mean, anytime you get a score like that and being outshot by a team that much, I mean, I've been in games like that in my youth career, and you just are staring at the clock the entire time, just praying that it somehow speeds up.
1: If I'm put in that situation, I 60 shots, that is ridiculous. I would hope the goalies split time. I feel so bad for that poor, poor goalie. Nobody wants to, to be in that situation. And I recommend if you were in that situation and you had a backup goalie, you should have pulled a Patrick Law and after nine goals, got off the ice, I don't know, find the, the manager or something because there's no owners. Uh, and just tell them you're, you're never playing again.
0: Just pull, just pull a Tony X. The goalie said fuck it and left. For our final blowout of the week for the ACHA level, I am going to turn it over to Collins, who seems to be quite ecstatic about reporting this final score.
1: I just have to say right now, Villanova hockey in general, we're a hockey school now. No longer a basketball school. Villanova hockey is a wagon. A combined 10-0 and 0 as a program. Uh, what is their goals for and against right now? What are they? 28 goals for eight against for the women. And we are something like 38, uh, 30 goals for four against. I'm so proud of them. And the score was Villanova 12, sacred heart three. And that just makes me so happy. I mean, I want to see them go far in nationals. They had a tough run last year with none of their goalies being available. They have four now, I think four or five, something like that. And all their goalies are standing on their head right now. I, Would love to see them make it to Nationals, maybe get that Lake Superior State rematch again. I feel like if the actual goalies were there, and that's no slight to Sarah Varsap, who filled in for that game, who's a forward, I believe, but Villanova had their goalies, they might have made it to the second round, and the result would be a lot better. So super proud of them. Uh, Let's keep this thing rolling. The, uh, The basketball team doesn't matter here anymore. So
0: Nova's a Hockey School. You heard it here first. So we're moving now to the CHF version of the ACHA Burgers Blowout of the Week. It's just the sponsor name. Doesn't mean we're not including the CHF. Susquehanna University beat LaSalle University 17-7. to And Saint, this was this was actually a pretty notable one. St. Bonaventure beat SUNY Fredonia 11-1. This was Fredonia's first loss of the season. They were 4-0 to start it off. Uh, that's a tough one to, to get your first Dell on the board.
1: I got to see St Bonaventure play last year at the CHF National Championship over at Ice Line. That's a really good team and I am not surprised that they put up 11. They I forget who they were playing. I think it was I think it was one of the Penn State teams. Uh, but they put up like six on on them if I'm correct like that. they' they're a very, very good team.
0: Moving over to games to watch for this week. Reason Murph is out is because he's prepping for a Thursday-Friday series against Oswego State, and that Friday game at Tennedy Ice Skating Pavilion is going to be pink in the rink night. The Thursday game is also pink in the rink night for Oswego State, and Oswego State is looking for revenge after last year when Syracuse downed them at home in the shootout. On Thursday night, 11.59 p.m., puck drop number two university of nevada las vegas takes on arizona state university at city national arena that crowd is gonna be buzzing for a midnight puck drop some of the best teams out in the wchl facing off against each other that's gonna be a great great time on friday the north dakota rivalry of the university of jamestown number 10 ranked versus number one Minot State University at John L. Wilson Arena. That's going to be a great time. Two physical teams. On Friday, we've also gotten men's two action, Michigan versus Michigan State University at Arctic Edge Ice Arena of Canton for the Paul Bunyan rivalry. In women's action, we've got Women's one Miami University versus Women's one Adrian College at Goggin Ice Center. These are two top five teams in Women's one, and we're excited about this matchup. Moving for what seems like the seventeenth time in a row, featuring them in Game of the Week. Got the University of Mary versus Montana State University at Haynes Pavilion. Two of the best teams in Men's two at this point. That's going to be a great time. Got our boys down south at Erow Embry Riddle University squaring off against the University of Tampa. Tampa is undefeated, and e is red hot right now. That's going to be some solid—I was looking for a Florida pun and couldn't come up with it.
1: We got two crazy Florida men battling it out.
0: There we go. We got two crazy Florida men battling it out. That's beautiful. In a quality Eshel matchup, we got Stony Brook squaring off against URI at the rinks. And in D3 action, we've got the University of Notre Dame versus Central Michigan University at Compton Family Ice Arena. These are two teams that I saw at nationals in St. Louis. Solid, solid squads. This is going to be a great time. And then back-to-back games. Men's 2 Florida Gulf Coast University faces off against University of New Hampshire at Hertz Arena. And then immediately after, it's Men's 3 Florida Gulf Coast University versus Men's 3 Saginaw Valley State University. This is FGCU's, to my understanding, home opener after the devastating hurricanes that rocked Florida. I'm sure this is going to be really, really emotional for both FGCU teams. Um, and we're excited to see what goes down in those two matchups. That brings us to our game of the week. Thursday on the twenty seventh, we've got number three ranked men's one Adrian College, taking on the number seven ranked Ohio University Bobcats at Arrington Ice Arena. This is a revenge game for the Bobcats after they fell to the Bulldogs at Nationals. They had their surprise upset over Minot State but could not best the Bulldogs. Adrian is going to be rocking. That Wow Cafe is going to be hurling insults and quite possibly things at the Bobcats all night. Adrian has one of the best offenses in the ACHA. The Bobcats are a revamped program. It's going to be a good time, and the second proud moment, I will say, Alex Herman is going to be on the call for this game. Be sure to stream this one on ACTV. Collins, I'm going to pass it over to you for your pick in this game.
1: Yeah, I'm taking Adrian simply. One, I like your brother more than you. Two, your brother's a goalie. There's that that goalie brotherhood there. Like you said, Adrian's offense is ridiculous. So I'm going with Adrian for that reason, and I want them to keep that, the undefeated streak alive too.
0: I am in pain. Glick, how about you? What's what's going on with your pick?
2: I'm also going to go with Adrian strictly because you made fun of the ECHA in our group chat earlier today, so I am a Bobcat hater for the next 24 hours.
0: We are going to talk about my hating a little bit later in the podcast. Fitz is going with Ohio. Murph is going with Adrian. I got chewed out by Alex for this, but I'm sticking with the Bobcats. Got to go with the alma mater. I will be tuning into this game for sure. I am so, so excited. And speaking of my hating, that leads us to the question of the week. Collins brought up in our group chat a little bit earlier the point that we mentioned about Nova being the only undefeated team left outside of the rankings, not receiving votes, not being ranked in the top 25. I made he he brought up a point saying that a couple of the teams in the ECHA deserved a little bit more respect than they get right now. I countered discussing the quality of competitions, strength of schedule, rankings, things like that. Question of the week is. Is the ECHA better than people think? I'll go to Glick first.
2: Yeah, I 100% think it is. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I'm in it. That might be a little bit part of it. But I mean, we do have some really, really talented teams, lots of very, very great games to watch. And I think it just kind of gets overshadowed by some of the bigger teams with some of the bigger programs that might get a little bit of extra funding. But I think ECHA is an incredibly, incredibly talented league, lots of
0: competition. Collins. Why don't you take this? I, I can tell you're chomping at the bit to get it. Yeah,
1: way. I'm kind of chomping at the bits here. You look at some of the teams. One, there's some pretty big names. You've got Temple, Lehigh, Villanova, and the United States Naval Academy. Those are some pretty big names. And it's it's not like to say that name has to do anything with the rankings. Some of these programs are a lot better than you think. The Naval Academy, one of the hardest hitting teams you'll ever play. Those guys are massive they train every single day every single day they are on the ice it shows they are fast they are big they are strong like sure we have our disagreements we don't really like navy when it comes to giving the echa the respect it deserves i have to point that out that team is really good I look forward to seeing them every year. I don't know what else to say regarding Navy, but like Willie P, another very good team. William Patterson, for those who don't know what I'm talking about. Sure, they're having a little bit of trouble beating a top 25 team right now, but that will sort itself out down the road. Very good team, very fast team. A lot of guys who played juniors, a lot of guys who played at a very high level before college, and a lot of guys that played at a very high level before college. And they have that experience of playing against... You know bigger guys it's like the the way i like to compare like coming to juniors and going to college versus you know you know a, a true freshman is the fact like you see some of the cfl guys who come over to the nfl and you can immediately tell that those guys have played against grown men and they're a very skilled team and i wish them nothing but the best and westchester they played uri i think they dropped one they split with them they dropped one that was what by one or two goals something like that very close margin And then they beat URI as well. Another very good team. They have some very talented players, some who were recruited to play NCAA hockey, uh, but decided against and decided to come home and stay near home. I'm not going to speak for Villanova because I don't want to be super biased in this. But I just think that there's unfair representation in the coaches voting. The coaches poll is kind of an an old boys club. Like the coaches that have been there for fucking ever and, you know, all these giant schools with you know big budget club programs you know voting for each other and they're not really paying much attention as to what's going out uh what's going on outside of that little bubble and so it feels like every week there's some new teams that are receiving votes or they're moving in and out of the top 25 that you know i think deserve to uh you know be in there like i mean for fuck's sake we had I don't mean to to piss off the Illinois guys but like they were what one five and oh and they were in the top 25 there are a bunch of teams with one like either no or one win and like five losses that were in the ranking simply because they have that like status of being a good hockey school with the ECHA you know kind of being underrepresented I feel like we could beat some of those teams I mean for fuck's sake we beat Niagara last year we beat Oswego it's a frustrating thing and I just want to advocate for hockey in the mid-Atlantic because you never see hockey in the mid-Atlantic like it's all lacrosse it's all football you know I feel like the the mid-Atlantic deserves the respect that it should be given I I think this is more just for mid-Atlantic hockey in general like you know people like when I was playing uh before uh college i didn't play for team maryland but team maryland my year wasn't kind of seen as a as a very good team but fuck they went out to uh detroit beat little caesars like at their own tournament like triple a like it's ridiculous like i i just feel like it's so unfair to you know the amount of work that we put in yeah I know that was probably long. I can
2: one hundred percent agree about just the hockey in Mid Atlantic. The quality's been going up since I played youth hockey, and you know, I think it's time for us to get a little bit more recognition in this area, in this part of the country.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, Herm, don't be afraid to to cut a lot of that down.
0: No, I I think I think a lot of that's going to wind up staying. So I mean, there's there's definitely a lot to digest in that one. I did the the looking. Illinois is zero and seven, and I think we are in consensus about. The fact that there should not have been votes received for Illinois at this point in the season. Hopefully they turn things around, but getting thumped on a consistent basis just because you're a CSCHL school does not mean that you should wind up in the rankings. That's my opinion on it. I think my perspective is influenced very specifically by the fact that I went to a school that was consistently a top 10 powerhouse the quality of opponents that Ohio played were at a certain level. Anything less than that, and I can I can absolutely attest to having held this mindset and currently holding this mindset to a certain degree, anything below a certain point is less than. Going into games against schools like John Carroll or West Virginia, it was immediately viewed as, okay, we're going to win by 10. It certainly shifted my perspective on how I look How I look at the ECHA of the schools that you have mentioned, the one that I would say in my humble opinion would fare the best at Nationals would be Navy. Having watched them in person in New Jersey against Army in games against Ohio, those guys do everything that you mentioned and more work ethic, discipline, physicality. It is an incredible, incredible team to watch. Murph's answer is that he pleads the fifth. We had a conversation about this already today. But I think the reality of college sports is that they're always going to be power conferences, and there are always going to be conferences that are less than when it comes to budgets. And I know Ohio football specifically was in that sort of territory, where the MAC is viewed than less than. You look at a school like UCF in football, if we're going to continue on the analogy of whether their accomplishment of being undefeated and deserving the national championship was even a legitimate claim based on the conference that they were in. As you mentioned, the old boys club of the the coaches poll, you might compare them to, to the SEC being like, you guys aren't shit, essentially. So I think, I think it's interesting to, to take a step back as I listen to you guys and breaking down the situation of whether or not the ECHA is better than, than people think. I will say after all of this, my answer is still resoundingly no, by the way.
1: Yeah. And I just want to make a point of clarity. We're not arguing that the ECHA is, you know, like one of the the best leagues in college hockey, because it's clearly not. But what we're saying is we should deserve a little bit more credit than what we're given. You know, if you tune in to, to some of the games, uh, either on our live stream or uh, Willie P's live stream, Navy's live stream, especially with those games uh, or also Temple's live stream if you really tune into those games against you know the top teams in the ECHA I'll mention it again Villanova Navy Temple Westchester William Patterson you will see some very high quality hockey and some very well coached teams you know some really good battles the ECHA is perhaps one of the tightest conferences in all of the ACHA there's no clear winner right now nobody's like clearly run away with it Villanova we've so far again I don't mean to disrespect the other teams in our league you guys were great are great to play against but we've played a little bit of a cupcake schedule so far and the big boys are coming up We've got some NECHL teams this weekend. We got Buffalo and Canisius. That's actually another conference that deserves more respect: the CHMA and the NECHL. Those those conferences deserve a lot more respect. Yes, and then further on in the year, we got Cuse and we got Drexel, and hopefully, we can add some more ESCHL teams later down on the line. But there needs to be a little bit of a shift away from the CSCHL teams.
0: I think you bring up a really interesting point of even just kind of recognizing to the point that it's a little bit of a softer schedule. Once teams in the ECHA get those wins over quality-ranked opponents on a consistent degree, I think something like that commands respect around the league. No disrespect. Thumping a team like Mercyhurst, thumping a team like George Mason, RIT, is not as impressed like we got a message from a liberty player who who swiped up on the story talking about liberty being 4 and 3 and whether they deserve to to have the ranking rather be 4 and 3 with our schedule than 7 and 0 playing against the school of the blind every weekend which is a bold, bold statement. So this is Herm from Thursday Night. You've been listening to Herm from Wednesday Night so far on this recording. Because of a little bit of our challenging schedules, uh, we were not able to schedule a guest for this week. The plan was to unveil our new segment on the podcast called Pulse Checks, where we give the opportunity for you guys to have almost mini interviews. We did get two submissions this week, one from the University of Mary and one from Temple University. And and here those two segments now.
2: What do you guys think about the Ice Owls this year? Uh, I think we got off to a slow start, but, you know, we're starting to pick it up. A couple roadies, boys are hanging out with each other, building up the team chem, and uh, I think the only way is up for us. But, you know, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll see, see you guys in Boston. Yeah, the Ice Owls are wagon this year, kind of like how my goalie said, Jumbo Joe. He said we went off to a slow start, but, you know, a couple trips to Max, he's gets the team chem going. So I think we'll be humming in the uh, second semester half year.
1: This is Kyle Hayden here with the University of Mary Marauders, assistant captain Alex Flecek, leading scorer in program history. How are the vibes on the team so far this season? They've been pretty good so far this year. Uh, So far the freshmen came in, kind of found their groove on the team, and everything's starting to click together pretty well, but we're just trying to build that team chemistry and get ready for playoff time.
2: We're on our third long road trip of the season here. How do you think the road trips have gone so far?
1: They have not gone very well for us. The buses have been atrocious. Layover times for flights have been terrible. Sitting in the hotel room, sitting on buses and in the airports with the boys, just been doing nothing. Time with the boys is nothing better, though. I'm sitting here in your hotel room and I see cookies stuffed with appears to be ice cream sitting outside. Can you tell me a little about, about your snack choice? Uh, Yeah, that was me and uh, one of our defensemen, number six, Riley Scanlon. Trip yesterday to Walmart to get some essentials that we forgot in our toiletry bags, so kind of spotted those in a little discount aisle for a little 3.49 so we snuck those out of there pretty quick Alex thank you for your time today i think wish you the best and hopefully you can keep on that scoring streak you've been going on
2: here appreciate it
0: Thanks to Glick and Kyle Hayden for conducting those two interviews. Just wanted to provide a little bit more context to these pulse checks. Uh, I know I said five minutes max in the Instagram story. Let's bump that up to ten minutes. This is more a casual shoot-the-shit, as you heard from Kyle. Does not have to be a, as as I said to one team, a pucks-in-deep, Pucks in net style interview. Let loose. If you guys are on the couch playing Shell go for it. Just take out your voice memo and get the pulse check from the guys on how the season's going, how the night's going, whatever it is. As long as the audio in the background is not too crazy, I think everything will be okay. With that said, I hope that everyone has a great week and we'll see you boys.